0: It's hard not to add a side of hot, crispy hash browns to your favorite McDonald's breakfast. It's even harder not to eat said hash browns before you get home. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Hello and welcome to Star Diary, the podcast from the makers of BBC Skyline magazine. You can subscribe to the print- visiting skyatnightmagazine.com
1: or to our digital edition by visiting iTunes or Google Play. Greetings listeners and welcome to Star Diary, a weekly guide to the best things to see in the Northern Hemisphere's night sky. In this episode we'll be covering the coming week from the 31st of October to the 6th of November. I'm Ezzy Pearson, the magazine's features editor and I'm joined on the podcast today by
0: reviews editor Paul Money. Hello Paul. Hello there, Izzy. Yes, yes, I it's nice to look up the night sky once again for another week. Absolutely. Uh, but before
1: we get started this week, I just want to put out a little reminder to everyone uh, that the clocks have changed here in the UK. They did that on the 30th of October. So from now on, we'll be giving all our times in Greenwich, Mean Time or UT. However, if you are one of our US listeners, your clocks don't change until the 6th of November. So just keep that in mind when you're shifting time zones. We don't want anybody to miss out on any of the spectacular sites that we have coming up. Speaking of which... Cool, what are the sites that we could hope to see this week?
0: Well, we always cover the moon. We have to because it dominates the night sky, doesn't it? And we begin this week by keeping an eye on it as it starts off low in the evening sky. Now, the first two nights, to be honest, it is quite low, and so we're looking down towards sort of like, um, sort of like the towards sort of Scorpius, uh, Sagitt- sorry, Sagittarius, into Capricornus. So on the thirty-first, it's just short of half phase, and it's low in the south in bright twilight, around about five thirty PM. So it's always worth keeping an eye on the moon. Watch the Terminator creep across the lunar landscape night after night. And later on in the month, of course, uh, you can do it over the hours because you can see it physically creeping. And it makes an interesting photographic um, task as well to show the Terminator slowly creeping across the moon. Remember sort of thing. That's sort of like dawn on that part of the uh, Mm. lunar surface. So they'd be seeing a wonderful dawn. Very stark, though, with the black sky and the bright sun. So that's the 31st then with the moon very low down sort of thing in the evening twilight, about 5.30 p.m., On the 1st, it is actually first quarter moon. And the good news is I always like it when these events occur and it's next to something bright. And it is. It's below Saturn. Now, Saturn has been dominating that part of the sky. It's in Capricornus and has been moving steadily amongst the stars of Capricornus for several months now. And it is well placed. It's nice when they get into the evening sky. We can all enjoy Saturn. It's not as bright as... Bright, gashy Jupiter. But, <laughs> you know, Saturn is still there. And we've got an extra bonus. We've got minor planet Vesta as well, forming a triangle with them. Although you will need binoculars, really, for Vesta. It is actually quite faint. Mm. So, you know, it's yeah, Look around about the south at 7 p.m. on November the 1st. And so you, you'll easily be able to see the moon. Saturn will be higher above it. And then Vesta. To the slightly to the upper left, so uh, you know it's uh, well worth having a look at. And of course, Sand with the Rings. I mean, I mean, who who can't fall in love with Saturn? <laughs> I also <laughs>
1: think it's it's always nice when you can see three different kinds of solar system body in the same kind of field of view, because um, you've got the moon there, which is as the name might suggest, a moon, you've got a planet and a, a minor planet, a minor world or, or an asteroid. Some, some people still call it a an asteroid. It is technically a minor planet.
0: Well, asteroid is the old name. I mean, William Herschel <laughs> came up with asteroid meaning star, uh, so uh, star-like. So uh, that was mm-hmm. the original definition. I must admit, I still fall into asteroid as well. But yes, uh, nowadays, it's all minor planet or dwarf planet, of course as Mm -hmm. well. But uh, we haven't got that for Vesta and we haven't got Ceres in the sky at the moment to see easily. So there we are. That's the first as such. So we've got Saturn and Vesta. And actually fact, the next evening on the second, the moon lies to the left of Saturn and Vesta as well. Now, I can imagine all this week, basically, we've actually got a parade of the planets, to be fair, Ezzie, because mm. they're in the evening. I mean, this makes it even easier. We had the parade earlier, a few months back in actually, if you remember, in the morning skies. And we had remember. the bonus of Venus and Mercury in the morning sky as well. But we've actually got them all in the evening sky, except... Mercury and Venus. Mercury and Venus, I'm sorry to tell you, are too close to the glare of the sun pretty mm. much all month during November. So, you know, you can forget that. But uh, we have got this parade of planets and it goes from Saturn in Capricornus to Neptune in Aquarius, Jupiter in uh, Pisces, Uranus in Aries, and then Mars in Taurus. Now, it sh- literally struck me this morning. I was looking at the notes. I sort of thought, that is one in every consecutive constellation of the zodiac. <laughs> And it just struck me. I That's never, never nice. really thought about that up until then, but there's one in each constellation of that zodiac at the moment. So uh, it all gets spoiled when Neptune gradually creeps into Pisces and, of course, will moved on as well. But mm-hmm. I just thought that was a little, one of those chronic things that uh, I'd never really thought about before, but they're actually all spread out amongst separate constellations.
1: And is there a particular time of the evening which is good to, to see those planets or will they be visible sort of throughout
0: the entire time? You really want to, once you've got evening twilight over, that will allow time for Mars to rise. So I'm looking at 7 o'clock in the evening onwards sort of thing to get a best view of the actual parade itself. Um, and obviously, if you leave it too late, you then find Saturn will be actually getting too low and setting as well. So, yes, yeah, so 7 to about 10, which is a nice convenient time for most mm-hmm. people, isn't it, for actually observing as long as you have clear skies. And, of course, we'll have the Moon passing under several of them. We've already had it under uh, Saturn. Uh, On November the 3rd, the Moon lies to the right of Neptune, to the sort of far right of Neptune. But most people will notice it being to the far right of Jupiter because Neptune needs binoculars or a small telescope, whereas Jupiter, well, it's dominating the night sky, isn't it, as such? So Mm -hmm. on the 4th, the Moon will lie below right of Jupiter. So on the 4th, we'll all look up and we'll see this sort of that like bright moon and then you'll see, oh, there's a star there. And I always get these. What's that star above it? it? Happens on social media quite a few times. Hey, I've noticed this star above the moon tonight. Anybody know what it is? Sort of mm-hmm. thing. And I, I always like it when somebody says, oh, it's probably Venus. I thought, yeah, they're just taking a guess. <laughs> there are plenty of apps out there, folks, that you can buy computer programs or even free computer and planetarium programs that tell you where they are. So they shouldn't be able to get it wrong, really. But there we are, sort of thing. So on the fourth end, the moon is directly to the lower right, really, of Jupiter. Then on bonfire night for the Okay, of course, on the 5th, it lies to the left of the giant planet itself. Now... As I mentioned, Jupiter is actually really well placed in the evenings and it dominates now. There's nothing else. We haven't got Venus to mess about with. There's only the moon and the sun brighter than it. So Jupiter dominates. So it's well worth having a look with a telescope, even with binoculars. Some people see the Galilean moons with binoculars quite well. Um, others find it better to use a telescope. So well worth having a look at them and keep an eye on those four Galilean moons as they actually go around the planet meanwhile don't forget neptune i mean yeah it is the last technically the last true planet in the solar system now um we won't get into the ooha about poor pluto ah <laughs> poor pluto dearly demoted but well um to be honest if i'd been uh, clyde tom i would never class it as a planet you know very eccentric orbit etc it seemed to be completely opposite of what we expected of a planet but it was being searched for as a planet, so that's one of those things. So
1: they called it a planet because that's what they were looking for, is basically what happened.
0: Exactly, sort of thing. They found what they were in roughly the right area they expected it in. Mm. So it all fell into place. But you know, if we'd have found it today, we'd have never called it a planet. It's as simple as that. But Neptune shouldn't be forgotten, is tiny, it's about two point eight arc seconds across. So so seeing features on it is a real challenge. Astrophotographers have picked up some features now, but people like Damien Peach and uh you know and, and Pete Lawrence they they've picked up subtle features, but it is very subtle. Um also for Neptune you could always look for Triton. I mean, I've imaged Triton. Triton is actually relatively easy in that respect. So, you know, we've got a good range of planets and we've got the Moon passing them for this week as well. So really, it's a week of planets and the Moon itself. So as I say, don't forget Uranus and Mars over on the sort of, well, towards the northeast, Mars is rising sort of thing. So I say we've got this parade of planets. Have a go at that, pick them all out, and then uh, we're ready for next week's sky.
1: You did mention there that the 5th of November is a bonfire night here in the UK, otherwise known as fireworks night. And I do know that that sometimes isn't the best night to be getting out and doing astronomy. Isn't that right?
0: Yes. I mean, if, if you want to get confused with meteors, that's the night to go out to get confused by meteors. <laughs> I've actually had people say to me, sort of, oh, so plenty on the fifth. And I said, well, I usually want bonfire night. <laughs> so, you know, it, it is one of those things. I mean, uh, there are meteor showers we're going to cover soon, uh, in the next couple of weeks. But in actual fact, there's nothing major going on. It's actually worth remembering, though, that uh, there are always sporadic meteors. But yes, sort of thing, the bonfire night, if you've got a bright, brazen bonfire going sort of thing. I, I prefer the, the official um, events taking place because you know there's mm. a lot more safety involved with that. That's why I prefer them. But there will be a big bonfire. And I have to say the smoke drifting, I unless the smoke drifts away from you, and come on, let's face it, it's one of those funny quirks of the universe, isn't it, that the smoke always drifts towards you. No matter what <laughs> you do, it always drifts towards you. So I tend to rule out November the 5th unless the smoke is going in a the, in the different direction and then my sky's clear and I'm in the area I want to look for. But, of course, we've got the moon up, so deep sky won't be as good because the moon's gradually increasing in its phase.
1: Mm-hmm. But if you are, you know, out and about, maybe on your way to or from a fireworks display, you might want to keep an eye out because you, you probably will at least be able to see the moon and you might be able to get a catch-glimpse of Jupiter as well. Just perhaps not the best night for getting your telescope out. But uh, thank you very much for that, Paul. It certainly sounds like there's a lot of interesting things to see in the night sky this week. I think the particular highlights were on the 1st of November, where we'll have Saturn, Vesta and the Moon all together in the night sky. Then on the 3rd to the 5th of November, we have a bit of another planetary parade going on in the evening sky with Saturn, Neptune, Jupiter and the Moon all making their way across the night sky. um, And Uranus will be there as well. So thank you all very much for joining us today. And if you want to keep with weekly updates of what's in the night sky, please be sure to subscribe to the podcast. And we see you here next week. If you want to find out even more spectacular sites that will be gracing the night sky throughout the month, be sure to pick up a copy of BBC Sky at Night magazine, where we have a 16-page pull-out sky guide with a full overview of everything worth looking up for. Whether you like to look at the moon, the planets, or the deep sky, whether you use binoculars, telescopes, or neither, our Sky Guide has got you covered with the detailed star charts to help you track your way across the night sky. From all of us here at BBC Sky at Night magazine, goodbye. Thank you for listening to this episode of the Star Diary podcast from the makers of BBC Sky at Night magazine. For more of our podcasts, visit our website at skyatnightmagazine.com or head to Acast, iTunes, or Spotify.